We never had a joint bank account or anything like that. Money was always kept very separate, which I thought was weird. But I'm like, I don't know, maybe your family was different growing up, like whatever. But I figured out that the reason it was like that is because he was spending money in insane amounts. I don't know how, just credit cards and like ended up racking up like something like $70,000 in credit card debt that I was about to marry. I, I didn't know at the time that it was that bad. We got married at Patterson's Fruit Farm. And I remember standing in like the bridal room and I was all by myself. It was like 15 minutes before the wedding and I'm looking out the window and I'm like, this is the biggest mistake of my life. I can't believe I'm going to do this. But I'm looking at my parents and they've spent this money on this wedding. I'm looking at his parents. I'm looking at my friends and my family who are like in my bridal party. And so I did it. And, you know, we got married and I got hammered that night. And I was not happy. And you can see in the pictures, well, I remember my friend Stan, he saw this one picture of me and I'm like, legitimately, I'm drinking champagne out of the bottle. And he was like, dude, you look so sad. And I'm like, I was very sad. But I just kind of like, you know, that's, this is what my life's going to be. Your necessary delusion. Your necessary delusion. Why do you keep lying to yourself? Welcome to the show. Thank you for being here with me, Earth Monster. I'm your host, Matt LeBlanc. That's right. Just like the guy from Friends, you cracked the code. And this is Your Necessary Delusion, the storytelling show that celebrates vulnerability and speaks to the darkest, messiest little parts of your heart about the lies that we tell ourselves every day, the stories that we use to get out of bed, the fantasies that we let propel our lives. And if we're talking to you, then please subscribe to the podcast. Write us a review anywhere that you're listening, specifically Apple iTunes would be great. My guest today is Devin Cano, and although Devin and I grew up together in Cleveland, Ohio, going to the same schools for most of our lives, what you are about to hear is certainly the most intimate and impactful conversation that she and I have ever had. Because as you might have guessed from the cold open, Devin's necessary delusion deals with love. Such a relatable delusion, love. Falling into it, falling out of it, all of the things that we mistake it for, all of the misguided places that we tend to find it. I was 19 and I had completed a very shaky first year of college where I basically got a letter from the school asking me not to come back because like I didn't do anything bad or horrible. It was just a total waste of a year. So I came back living back at home and I had to get a job, but I didn't have a car and I didn't have a driver's license. So it had to be something close. I got hired at the Applebee's around the corner from my parents' house. And I met a guy there and we had nothing in common. He was like really, really geeky. He had horrible taste in music, like horrible. And that's important to you, I think. So important. This is especially relevant because Devin is the kind of person who connects with life through music, movies, and art. She might not always have the right words to express herself, but she can always produce the appropriate lyric, scene, or song for any situation. He had horrible horrible taste in music. I don't want to offend anyone, but not only was it bad, it was it was ICP. 
Insane Clown Posse. And just in case my mom is listening, Mom, Insane Clown Posse is a scary-looking hip-hop metal band that wears clown makeup and has an extreme cult following that call themselves Juggalos. This guy painted his face and went to all the shows, and I have never been very fond of clowns, so my friends and stuff thought this was, like, hilarious. I don't know what drew me to this person in any way. He was very, very nice. He was very smart, but in, he was smarter in an obvious way. I, I feel like I'm smarter in like a less obvious way because I do th a lot of things that are not very smart, but I'm like undercover smart. Um, he had a car, so that was a big bonus. They started dating and before long, things were moving quickly. Devin wasn't getting along with her mom at that point. Her mom had just had a baby. 19 years younger than Devin. So the current living situation wasn't exactly conducive to Devin's late night schedule and habit of chain smoking. Conveniently, the juggalo from Applebee's needed a new place too. So after only a couple of months together, the two of them got an apartment. It wasn't like terrible or anything like that, but it, this is one of the things I think about, you know, the movie High Fidelity, like you said, movies and music are very important to me. And there is a line that John Cusack's character says in the movie where he says, don't ever bother dating someone if your record collections wouldn't talk to each other at a party. After living with him, I'm like, man, if that's not the truest statement in the world. Because first of all, whenever he would play his music, I want to stick a fork in my ear. And he got tattoos. I'm like, that is for life. You have that for life of a hatchet man. I did go to an ICP kind of concert with him one time, but it was twisted. This is like a different like side band or whatever. And you got a picture that I was at the Odeon with all these juggalos, like legitimately spraying Fago on each other. They do that. Like that's real. The Odeon is a concert venue in downtown Cleveland. It holds about 1,100 people. In this case, clowns. Don't forget, Devin hates clowns. And these clowns are spraying each other down with sticky orange soda pop. I was in the... <laughs> I was in the balcony of the Odeon wearing my David Bowie t-shirt, my hot pink Chuck Taylors sitting in the corner, just like chain smoking the whole time. We broke up on and off during our relationship and he did ask me to marry him and we called off our engagement a couple of times, but we were together for a long time. And so I'm going to get a little bit vulnerable here and it's kind of embarrassing to say, but two things happened. One I gained a hundred pounds in a short amount of time. So I had in my head, this was it. I got to deal with this juggalo for the rest of my life because that's just the way it's going to be. Delusion! And he also ended up getting very, very sick at one point. And it wasn't anything like long-term illness, like, but he almost died. He got like sepsis. No one knows how it happened. But I was just like, okay, that's it. Life is short. I had it in my head. I'm going to get married before I am 25 years old. I have to. Absolutely. And I'm going to have kids immediately. And that was it. I was like, that is my measure of success. I'm going to be married before 25 and I'm going to have these kids. And that is it. So that was my goal. Think about your goals, guys. Until you support them with action and make them reality, they are necessary delusions. He didn't want to have children, and I always did. And, you know, as a girl, I'm just like, whatever, he's going to, he'll get over that. It's not a big deal, you know, whatever. So the summer before we got married, he started doing things that were making me question like, God, I can't live with it. Like he came home one day and he had bought a brand new motorcycle. We did not have that kind of money. We were living in a bunk duplex with a couch on our front porch. 
I'm like, we can't barely pay our bills. Where did you get the money for this? I mean, we had talked about it in the sense that I said, absolutely not. First of all, we can't afford that. Second of all, I'm not getting on a motorcycle. Are you high? And then I'm just like furious and I'm not wanting to get married. My mom didn't want me to get married, which made me want to do it even more, even though I really didn't want to do it. And I started finding bags of video games, unopened, $60 a piece, like seven video games in a bag, like just stuffed in drawers. And I'm like, what kind of money are you spending? Like, what, what is happening? We never had a joint bank account or anything like that. Money was always kept very separate, which I thought was weird. But I'm like, I don't know, maybe your family was different growing up, like whatever. But I figured out that the reason it was like that is because he was spending money in insane amounts. I don't know how, of just credit cards and like ended up racking up like something like $70,000 in credit card debt that I was about to marry. So as we heard in the opening, against Devin's better judgment, they got married. Because they had been together for so long and because we get stuck in our situations, it's hard to imagine life any differently. Because standing in her wedding dress about to get married, how could she disappoint all of these people that showed up for her? But most of all, Devin got married because she'd already decided if she didn't get married and have kids before she was 30, then she was a complete and total failure. Delusion, 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 delusion. Can you hear it? This was her necessary delusion. And standing alone in her bridal suite, staring out at the ceremony for a future that wasn't meant for her, this necessary delusion was the only thing keeping her from taking off the dress, walking awkwardly into the crowd of her closest friends and family, and telling this juggalo, keep the ring, it's time to move on. I know it sounds bad, but not as bad as marrying the wrong person. I actually know something about this. Believe it or not, I have done this. gotten married to the wrong person under the guidance of an ill-conceived necessary delusion. (laughs) Classic. But we live and we learn, Earth Monster. After the wedding, even though she already knew this was a bad idea, she looked away from it. She only had one thing on her mind. We were talking about, well, I was talking about having kids. Since I had kind of gotten in my head, this is what I'm going to be living with. This is just the way it's going to be. This is who I'm going to be married to. He was like, no, that's not what I want in my life. I'm like, then why'd you let me do this? Let me ruin my life when you're not going to even give me the one thing that I've always wanted, which is to have kids. Even though you said before he had already told you he didn't want kids. Right. And you just weren't going to hear it. I wasn't. Delusion! Because I was a teenager at the time. He was like still early 20s. So of course you didn't want to have kids. Like whatever. Right. So he finally said, I'll let you have one kid. That's such a scary scenario. Right. But I ended up having a lot of fertility issues. I had a big doctor's appointment where I was going to basically find out if I was able to have children or not. And he refused to go with me to the appointment. So she went by herself and sitting alone in the waiting room of the doctor's office on the verge of hearing some of the biggest news of her life. There was no delusion left to hide behind. No shoulder to lean on in anticipation. Just nervous hands, linoleum floors, and the lonely reality staring back at her in the reflection. She made a decision. If the doctor told her she was able to have children, she would leave him. I said, I almost hope she tells me I can't because then I'll stay. Because if I can't, then what's the point anyways? You know what I mean? One, four, three means I love you. 
Do you know that code? 143. It's the number of the letters in I love you. I love you. If you have love for the show and you want to support us, show us some love on Venmo. Send $1.43 to at your necessary delusion on Venmo. If you are a podcaster or small business owner, or maybe you just have a really big personality that needs its own theme song, your necessary delusion. Hit up my guy Ryan Fine. That's F I N E. Go to ryanfine.com, click on custom songs. All of the music that you hear in these episodes has been made by Ryan. Go to ryanfine.com, click on custom songs. Welcome back. When is the last time reality stared you in the face and you decided to make a difficult decision? Instead of doubling down on your fantasy, we last left Devin in the waiting room of her doctor's office, all alone, and she'd given herself an ultimatum. If the doctor told her she was able to have children, she would leave her brand new husband. Here's Devin. You know, she told me that I would be able to have children and Obviously, I was very happy, but also very sad because I'm like, well, now that made my decision for me. I just have to figure out how to do it. She told the juggalo it was over and he changed his story real quick. He said he would go to all of the appointments. He would make all of the effort that she needed. Delusion. She knew better. It was too little too late. Devin took off her rings. She could see this wasn't her future. She needed a new delusion, anything to look away from her reality. She and the Juggalo got separated, but they still had to live together in their tiny basement apartment. Devin slept on the couch. He stayed in the bed. They were in a lot of debt because of his spending, and Devin was looking for work while the Juggalo waited tables. Third shift at Denny's. Don't get me wrong, too. Like, I don't think, like, he's an evil person. We were just two people who couldn't have been more wrong for each other. Devin was isolating herself, not talking to many friends during this time. She couldn't bring herself to tell her mom about the divorce just yet. Not after all the warnings she had ignored. So it was just her and the cat. The cat who hated everyone, including Devin. She would stay up for most of every night, depressed on the couch, working on her new necessary delusion. The I'm a failure because I can't make this marriage work delusion. The I'm going to die childless, loveless, and alone delusion. Keep in mind, she was only 24. It's all perspective. You've been there. What strikes me most about this failure delusion is how much strength she was actually showing by walking away. I would think that most people stay in that relationship. Most people told me to. And I, I lost a lot of my friends. For leaving? Yeah. You know what? Good friends to lose. Yeah. And, you know, I think their whole thing about it was, you know, he's a nice guy and he's this and he's that. And I'm like, that's fine. But don't you want me to be happy too? But whatever. It is what it is. I was just feeling very defeated and very disenchanted with life. I think I've always been a very like angsty person as a kid, as a teenager. I never grew out of that, but I was down. So this is where it kind of gets interesting. I was never much of like a video game person, but I was home by myself all night with just my cat to hang out with. I started playing this video game, PlayStation Home. And what you could do in the game was you would make a little avatar and you could customize it in different ways. She looked like me, except she was thinner, of course, but she dressed like me, which is how I still dress today. Usually just like a hoodie and jeans and like a band looking t-shirt, but it wasn't like a band because you had to pay real money for those clothes. And I wasn't about to pay real money on a game. 
and you had a little apartment and you could decorate the little apartment and stuff. You had to pay to decorate the virtual apartment too. So Devin wasn't just broke, she was also virtually broke. Her virtual apartment was empty. Oak floors, white walls, there were literally virtual milk crates sitting in the corner. The only real differences between her virtual apartment and her real apartment were that in her real life, her crappy couch was red, and in her virtual life, her crappy couch was white. Like I said, her real-life apartment was also a basement. The windows were at the ceiling. Devin could look up and see people's legs passing by on the sidewalk. In her virtual apartment, there was a big picture window in the middle of the wall with a view. The scene outside looked kind of beachy. Generic, but beachy. Most of the time, Devin would meet her real-life friend Shannon in the virtual world, and they would make ugly avatars and walk up to strangers and scream in their faces. Like you do. But mostly, they would just walk around. There's like all these tall buildings. It's called a city center. And there was like either a fountain in the middle or some like shrubbery. I don't really know. And there's like these different buildings you could go into, but you couldn't do too much in them. And you can you can visit other people's little apartments and things like that. Some characters would be like skateboarding around the little center or there would be people riding bicycles. It kind of looked like how I would imagine because I've never been to California, but like how a boardwalk kind of looks with just little shops and things like that. And it was always like sunny. And like, so even at nighttime, like in real life, it was still sunny and pretty and always looking very nice there. It was a weak fantasy to escape to, but a fantasy nonetheless. Devin would stay up late into the night. Eventually, virtual Shannon would disappear and go to bed in real life. But virtual Devin wasn't tired. She would just walk around the virtual city center There was nothing really going on, but at least her avatar wasn't getting divorced 18 months after it had gotten married to a clown with terrible taste in music. Her avatar wasn't getting buried in his ridiculous motorcycle video game debt either. And it didn't have to tell her mom about the divorce. So, the fantasy did the trick, even if it was a little generic. It was just a peaceful place to walk around in the virtual sunshine and get lost in her virtual thoughts. Until this one night. I'm just walking around this little city center and somebody's screen name catches my eye. The screen name that this guy had was Ball and Biscuit. Ball and Biscuit. Sounds like a torture fetish to me, but Devin had a different reference. And I walked over to the person, this little avatar. He was wearing like a navy blue suit and a pink tie. And he had like a faux hawk. Definitely a tall, dark and handsome avatar for sure. And I said, the White Stripes which was my favorite band. And he was like, oh my God, you're the first person who's ever gotten it. And I was like, of course I get it. That's my favorite album right now was Elephant, which Ball and Biscuit was on the album Elephant. So we just started talking about music and he starts telling me that the White Stripes are his favorite band too. And I told him about how my best friend Maya took me to see the White Stripes on my 20th birthday and it was so awesome. And he was like, oh my God, I'm so jealous. I hope I get to see them one day. Just two single avatars making a connection. Except Devin wasn't exactly single yet. And for all she knew, Ball and Biscuit was either a 13-year-old girl or an American psycho wannabe with a pile of bodies in his trunk. But I think it goes without saying she wasn't exactly looking for reality in this moment. So looking down at her crappy red couch in her tiny basement apartment and considering sleep, she decided to lean into the fantasy. She invited Ball and Biscuit back to her virtual apartment. You didn't really walk. It kind of like teleports you in a way. So like we're, we're in the city center and then we're back into my apartment. And we both made our avatars sit down like 
crisscross applesauce on the floor of like my fake apartment. So we started asking each other just stuff about who we were. And my screen name was Clevo Devo because I'm from Cleveland and my mom always called me Devo. So he starts telling me he's never been to a real concert or anything like that because I've always been into music. So I've always gone to a lot of shows and we're lucky, you know, we grew up in Cleveland. So we had that. But he's telling me that he lives in a very like rural area in Washington state. If you're one of those people that gets Ohio confused with Iowa and Idaho and Indiana somehow, this is just a reminder. Cleveland, Ohio is technically the Midwest, but it is on the far east side of the country, right next to Pennsylvania. So Devin's catfish, sorry, I mean tall, dark, and handsome avatar, lived in Washington State, more than 2,000 miles away. But we ended up talking, using the PlayStation controller for eight solid hours that night, and we talked about everything. We talked about our favorite movies. Like, my favorite movie is Harold and Maude. I love it so much. He had never seen it before, but... You know, then he started telling me his favorite movies, Pulp Fiction. And I'm like, oh my God, I love Tarantino so much. Like, this is awesome. And we were talking about art even. Like, you know, I, I had someone who I could talk about like art with, which I have not had in years. They talked late into the night. It wasn't easy. They were using the arrow buttons on their PlayStation controllers to seek out and select each individual letter on the grid of the alphabet. Devin says it was horrible, but it didn't seem horrible. It was horrible, but it didn't seem horrible. See, I told you she said it. At some point, the juggalo returned home from his shift at Denny's and slunk silently into the bedroom behind her. Devin didn't even look up from the screen. We're just talking about life. And I have a sister. He has a sister. You know, his parents were still married. I, I mean, even though it's my stepdad, they've been together since I was little. So my parents are still married. You know, we talked about that kind of stuff. Did we think we wanted to have kids someday? And we both said yes. And, you know, what kind, where can you like picture yourself living? And both of us wanted to be like near a city, but not in the city. So when we're getting close to the end of the eight hour conversation, it just occurred to me where I'm like, I didn't even mention to this guy that I'm like legally married. Because it was one of those conversations where you feel your life like changing in that moment. Ta -ta delusion. And I said to him, I was like, you know, I feel really weird saying this so late in the game, but I'm married, like legally. <laughs> and he was like... <laughs> he was like, oh, it's okay. It's not like I thought we were soulmates. And then I, I'm like feeling like super dejected and like stuff. I'm like, but I thought we were soulmates, you know, like that's what I'm thinking. And, uh, you know, so we both like signed off for the night and I went to bed and well, went to couch. And I remember like, you know, crying, thinking, well, maybe this can be a good thing. Maybe this means that I, there is someone out there for me, even if it's not this person that I just met, but maybe I don't, I don't have to be in a miserable relationship. Like I, no matter what people are telling me that I need to stay in this marriage, like I'm not doing it. I am like digging my heels in and I'm figuring this out. So over the course of like a few months, we're talking to each other. At first it was like once a week, maybe. We would like catch each other in the little common area. And then it kind of got, became a thing where I was like, 
I need to talk to this guy. I need to. I got a part-time job at a daycare center. And during this time, I told my ex-husband, it's done. You got to leave. I didn't know how I was going to make it work. I was making like $7 an hour um, working part-time. But I was like, you, it, that's it. So he left. And I ended up getting a roommate who was like a weird random friend that I had from high school. Somebody who could come and like help me out with the rent and everything. Apparently, I didn't know this person in high school, but Devin describes him as a, quote, dirtbag. Copy that. You're going to hang on to that sweet basement apartment, huh? <laughs> yep. That was mine, man. It was in my name. So that's why, because he had gotten so much debt that he couldn't put anything in his name. So the apartment was in my name. She and her catfish, I guess I'll call them ball and biscuit, got tired of typing with PlayStation controllers, and they began emailing each other. The tone of the conversation shifted quickly. The emails were talking about wanting, it, it changed to like wanting to be together. Him wanting to come here and meet me. We would always talk about in the email and say like things like, this is the weirdest thing in the world to say to someone I've never met, but I miss you. And we would say that kind of stuff a lot. He wanted to visit from Washington State. But like most catfish, there was an issue. So he didn't have a cell phone. Of course. And I didn't even tell my friends that this was going on, really, because I'm like, they're going to think I'm a total lunatic. Maybe she was. The juggalo had moved out, but he was going to stretch out this divorce for as long as he possibly could. Ball and Biscuit was saying all the right things, but he was covered in red flags. Lucky for him, desperate times call for desperate delusions. Devin started to fall. There used to be this old website, I don't know if you remember it, called Project Playlist. And you could make and share playlists. Like this was before Spotify and all that stuff. And I made him a mixtape. And I put all of my favorite songs on there. I had Boys to Men and then Tenacious D and I think Garth Brooks and like Nine Inch Nails. Like all this, you know, everything that I could think of. And like some of them might be a little more suggestive than the others. Other ones are just like silly. It was so all over the map because I think I wanted him to realize that's the kind of person he was getting. And he, you know, would send me sweeter, romantic love songs and, you know, things like that. Whereas I sent him on one of them, it had The Cramps, which is like this nasty punk band. And they have a song called I Want to Get in Your Pants. And I thought it was so funny. <laughs> so, so like I sent that, but we talked about like getting married and having children and how we would raise those children and like serious stuff. And every subject that came up, even if it was like a really heavy topic, we were so on the same page with it. And it was just, it was just right. I mean, it, it did happen fast. It was like probably a period of like two and a half months where we were just corresponding like via email. One day I was like, before we can really start talking about coming to meet me, I need to hear your voice. So he said, give me a half hour. Ball and Biscuit claimed he was only 20 years old. He said he lived with his parents. Devin was 24. There was always a reason he couldn't get on the phone. They were in different time zones and he didn't have a private place to talk. They only had a landline. But Devin finally put her foot down, so today was the day. She sat on her couch staring at her phone, waiting while her smelly roommate ate handfuls of her cereal straight from the box. Devin didn't even try to stop him anymore. Finally, her phone rang. He called me, but the call only lasted like two, three minutes. And his voice was shaking so bad. But I heard his voice and I started crying. And because I'm like, 
that is the voice of the person that is my person. Delusion, yeah. And he was like, Devin? And I'm like, Adrian? (laughs) After that, he was suddenly able to text. He told her their phone call had motivated him to buy a prepaid cell phone. So the next day, I was at work, and it was during nap time at work. All the kids are sleeping, and I get a picture message on my cell phone, and it was a picture of a bus ticket from Washington to Cleveland, Ohio. It's a three-day-long bus trip. So it was happening. He was coming to visit, and I was like, mostly thinking this is going to be the best thing in the world, a little bit thinking I'm going to end up in a bathtub with no kidneys. Do you consider yourself a very cautious person? For sure. Yeah. I don't I don't mess around. Like I'm not going on a roller coaster. In fact, to this day Devin does not drive on the freeway. She didn't get her license until she was 23. I don't like that kind of responsibility. <laughs> I don't know if you took driving class, but the instructor one day he was like, "This is the most dangerous weapon you're ever going to be in charge of." And like he put that in my head and I'm like, that not for me. All to say, on a normal day, Devin could be considered exceptionally cautious. But a powerful necessary delusion overrides all logic. She agreed to the visit from Ball and Biscuit. So I get this, you know, picture of a bus ticket and I started freaking out. And I'm like, oh my God, this is really gonna happen. I didn't tell anybody besides my coworker because I talked to her every day. I didn't want my mom to know about it at all. Because she was pissed at me for getting divorced. Because she was pissed that I got married in the first place. And then I told one other friend, Jesse. And I'm like, he's going to come and see me. I have to have the conversation with him that I use a lot of angles when I take pictures to make sure I look thinner than I am. (laughs) I'm like, so I have to have this conversation with him so he's not like shocked. And I told him that and everything. And he was like, whatever, I don't care. The day that he was coming into town, I went to work that day and I was getting off early. Jesse picked me up from work. I went home, I got ready. I needed to make sure my dress had pockets because I mess with my hands a lot. So I wanted to be able to put my hands in my pockets. So I had this one black dress and it had pockets. And it was like, my hair has to be straight. It has to be perfect and straight. It cannot rain. I can't deal with any humidity. Like nothing. And it was like a pretty day. So I was good. And I was just like doing my makeup and asked Jesse probably like 1500 times how I looked. And she's like, you look great. We've got to go. We got to go. We got to go. And I like could have thrown up. I'm telling you, I don't think I ate for probably a week before he got there because I was just so nervous. And me and Jesse are sitting in this parking lot. And at this point I had quit smoking, but I was stealing her cigarettes and, you know, so nervous. And he called me. And he said, all right, I'm here. I just got off the bus. And I was wearing a scarf because I needed something to grab because I was nervous. So I had this scarf and I was like holding onto the sides of it. And I'm walking down the street next to the Greyhound station. And it's like downtown and it's dirty and gross and... There's just all these people in a rush to get places and this guy walks out of the doors. In a blue suit with a pink tie and a faux hawk. Not even close. Don't miss next week for the epic conclusion of The Greatest Love Story of All Time or The Dark Reality of Being Catfished on the Internet. 
It's a necessary delusion either way. Thank you for being here, Earth Monster. Do not forget to subscribe to the podcast. Write us a review wherever you're listening, specifically on Apple iTunes would be great. That's the Purple Podcast app. And if you are finding yourself connecting with us, then send us a dollar and 43 cents on Venmo to show your love. The name on Venmo is at your necessary delusion. If you have a necessary delusion of your own and you want to share it, hit me up on Instagram at yesmatthew or email us at yournecessarydelusion at gmail.com. Oh, and necessary is N-E-C-E-S-S-A-R-Y, Earth Monster. We'll see you next week. Fucking dying here. Oh my god. Sorry about that. Full disclosure, I got overheated while recording in my tiny closet, and I almost blacked out. Tell